You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Making waves. Welcome to Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, episode 31. Tonight, we are so stoked to have these two ladies here with us tonight. Please welcome Daniela Clark and Barbara Ann Wild of the hello, Honest hello. AF Hi. Podcast. They, uh, their Honest AF Podcast is also part of the Sound Talent Media family, such as, as, as much as Making Waves is. Um, so this is a really unique opportunity to kind of, well, a bunch of broadcasters sitting around talking. Yeah, yeah. So we have nothing else to do, right? No, right. right. This well, this is what we do, um, folks out there in in, in making waves land and um, sound talent media land. Listen, if you guys haven't checked out Honest AF, it is well, it's very informative. It's very no holds barred, and right? I recommend anyone over fifty, including myself, listen to episode forty-five. It will knock your socks right <laughs> off. Seriously, it's oh, really yeah. great. Yeah, I, yeah. I, listen, you guys. Uh, so, I, anyone out there, please check out the show. It's 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 wonderful and refreshing to hear uh, uh, these women talk about the subjects they do. Everything from you know, aging um, to sex to uh, their lives, uh, fashion, everything. And they have some really great guests. Which leads us to uh, you guys. What got what what made you two decide you want to uh, step into the podcast foray? What what made you say, hey, look, we're going to try this. <laughs> Well, I think because our husbands were tired of listening to us talk, so <laughs> <laughs> right. And we needed an outlet where we could chat to each other, and other people would listen to us. No one else in the house wants to listen to us, so. <laughs> no, I don't think that that's true, though, right? I no, feel like you guys, oh, you just have a lot of things to say, as do as do everybody that has a podcast, right? Mm. I, I listened to like two episodes today, uh, and I was like, okay, this is like. This is uh, something that I would turn on in in general. It's uh, beyond the beauty tips. Like the conversation you guys have is really, really, really informative, cool, and interesting. So, yeah, thank uh, as you. A, as a new fan, thanks for being here. It's really cool. Thank you. It's it's really funny because we never like talk about what we're going to talk about, except for if we have a guest before the show, and we rarely have a moment where we're not talking. <laughs> so we're good. You know, we, we're just, uh, we needed a place to talk about all of our, you know, beauty trivia and Daniela gives great advice. And so we, you know, Daniela said one day, have you looked at our text message dialogue between the two of us? And she goes, we're always trading like tips and beauty things and how to not age and 
what pains in the ass our husbands are. And, uh, so I, you know, she goes, we should do a podcast. And I thought, why not? I'm, I'm down. So we just, we also thought that there were a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of women that maybe are in our age group and also men um, that would maybe benefit from the conversation. And, and maybe it's time to just have these like honest as fuck conversations, really, because, you know, you go through a lot of changes and a lot of shifts as you age and in your relationships and life and your work and, you know, in business and everything. And um, it, it, we just thought that would be a great conversation to have. And then, you know, maybe people would want to, you know, chime in, listen, you know, and, um, you know, we'd go from there. So that's kind of how it started. And then it's evolved into all this other stuff, too. Um, but it's, it's been a really fun way to kind of, you know, for Barb and I, just for friends first. And since we're both married to guitar players, uh, we both um, have been married for, we figured this out, which is oh, kind gosh. of terrifying, but we figured out that in a combination, we've been married for 70 years. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's, aw- that's <laughs> awesome, by the way. It's our age, don't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> but um, so, you know, we just have so many commonalities and a lot of times when we're talking, we think, gosh, you know, I, I wonder if other people go through this shit. So um, we just thought it was kind of fun. and. You know, we're having a blast doing it. It's just, it's so much fun. I, I can tell you as a 53-year-old male, I was listening to it and I was just laughing, just listening to it because it's like so much perspective because it's refreshing to hear women that are in my age group mm-hmm. saying these things are so frank because, you know, as you get the 50, your give a fuck's kind of float away and you just kind of right. say what's on your mind. You don't have to appease anyone anymore other than your family usually. Yeah. So the thing you guys say probably years ago before the advent of podcasts and stuff like you would have never heard come from a public figures, right? which you guys are. Um, and to, to now it's just, it, it feels, it, it's, it's so refreshing to me again, because you guys kind of go in there real, like you said, you don't have a plan. There's no agenda no. and you just kind of speak your minds. And again, it's nothing guarded anymore. And it, and I imagine at times there's times when Gilby and Zach are at home going, listen to this, maybe going, holy shit. I can't believe they just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, we've had a will be for sure. I don't know about Zach. Zach's just like, bring it on. But <laughs> you guys know Zach. So, you know, uh, there are not many secrets with him. He's more honest AF, I think, than we are. But um, Joey thinks we need to change our uh, show title to instead of the honest AF show, he thinks we should be um, the lucky AF show. Like he thinks that's <laughs> the lucky <laughs> <laughs> the show, yeah. It, it, it's funny you mentioned um Barbara because uh, last time I saw Zach was actually on uh, Shiprock, and we talked about the New York Giants and Jaws. Oh. He's a very passionate man, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you know it's so funny. Just for Christmas, uh, I Funko just released like Jaws and Quint, and oh, it was one of his presents under the tree. This guy has more toys than my eight year old, so. <laughs> He's all about it, but um, and he loves this the, the nostalgia of like you know Lost in Space and Jaws and you know sure. uh, it's just really funny. Yeah, before I want to turn you over to Chad because he has some stuff to discuss with you guys regarding you how you run business and everything else. My curiosity is that what's it like raising families in this business you're in? You want to answer that first, Daniela? I mean, you know. 
It, I think like in anything, it has its drawbacks, but it definitely has its benefits too. Um, you know, I think the drawback was, you know, when I first uh, had Frankie, um, Gilby had to fly back. I, I mean, back in those days, you know, we had like the horse and carriage. <laughs> <laughs> right. We sent smoke signals. We didn't have iPhones because our daughter Frankie is 26 now. So um, back in the day when I was pregnant with Frankie, I had to um, page him and let him know that I was going to probably go into labor soon. So he flew home. He was on tour with, um, um, at that time, I think he was on tour with Slash of Snake Pit. Yeah. And um, because Guns was already um, Mm -hmm. over at that time. And um, so he was on tour with um, Slash of Snake Pit. And um, I messaged him and said, you better come home. I'm going to have this baby. And he literally came home and I had her at six o'clock in the evening. And the next morning they sent me home and he went back out on tour. So. And then the first year was just him being gone. So, you know, I think the guys, for them, it's hard because they do miss a lot of the family life. You know, there's so many birthdays they miss and, you know, um, anniversaries and sometimes, you know, holidays and things like that. But on the other hand, it allowed us this insane um, experience of like being able to travel and gave our daughter this uh unbelievable uh, opportunity to see the world in such a cool way and also you know to see her dad on stage and performing and there's just so many cool things that you gain from the guys being in this business um i think you know it's there's so many great you know opportunities for us and you know great people that we get to meet and um just all the traveling has just been super fun. She took our daughter took her first walking steps on a moving tour bus driving through Hel- Helsinki, Finland, and had like a crowd of thousands and thousands of people sing her happy birthday on her first birthday. So, it, you know, there's some so many cool things like that that you just you know you never get over, and they never get old either. Yeah, I can imagine that the first day back to school that falls like <laughs> Frankie. How'd you spend your summer? Well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, as far as, as, you know, Zach and I, we have four kids over 20 years. Um, Our oldest is 28 and our youngest is eight. Um, And uh, we, yeah, we had them in 92, 2002 and 2012. So we have, you know, we have four in, in 20 year span, but um, you know, we don't know any different. Zach and I have been together since I'm 16 years old, since he was just about 18. And it's been our life. He got the gig with Ozzy uh, two years after we started dating. And it's been, you know, a craziness ever since. But I think that's one of the reasons why Danielle and I have bonded the way that we do and, and our podcast works and we connect with people because we have a unique experience that not really any, we don't have any peers that have the exact same experience that we had. We've been married to the same person since we're teenagers. Uh, Our husbands are musicians. We've been on the road. Our babies have been on the road. I mean, summers, you know, you pack the kids up and they're, you know, they're on the road from the time they're, you know, those from pacifiers to bottles to, you know, their school books. Um, It's just, it's just all we know. Um, I think automobiles. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
And I mean, I just think that, you know, Ozzy's our oldest son's godfather. So, you know, having Ozzy in church was pretty uh, a unique <laughs> experience. Um, I don't know if too many kids can say that. Uh, but, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's all we know. So it yeah. works. Well, Chad, before I turn over, them over to you real quick, I have to ask, when you guys, both of you, I'd love to know what your experience was when like Daniela, when, when Gilby got the Guns N' Roses call up and then Barbara Ann, when, when Zach got the Aussie gig, I mean, you kind of going, it, your trajectory is like through to the moon. What was that like? Was there, was it kind of spiraling or like, how did you do, deal with it? Or you just kind of like, it was an easy transition. Oh, hell no. It was so <laughs> scary. <laughs> because it was really a weird thing because uh, Debbie and I met when I was 16 and I was just, I was living in South Africa. I was born in Israel. I was raised in South Africa. And I was out here on vacation just visiting my dad. And because um, my parents were divorced, my dad was American. And I came out here, I was visiting my dad on summer break. And I was going down Hollywood Boulevard because I'd never seen Hollywood Boulevard before. And it just so happened that Gilby's band at the time, which was a band called Candy, um, and um, they were on Hollywood Boulevard making their video. Um, for MTV in 1985. And I happened to just be walking by and I saw him and I stood there and I was just like, oh, oh my God, who is that guy with the black hair sticking up in every direction, eyeliner, ripped pantyhose and under jeans. And he was standing on top of a car playing guitar. And I was like, I think he's the guy, but he's hot. (laughs) 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 But um, so my 16-year-old self was like already like, oh my God, who is this person? And then he sent the makeup artist after me. And um, that was, to make a long story short, we, um, that's how we met. And he immediately asked me how old I was. I lied to him. I told him I was 18, but I was really 16. And, um, um, and then I was- Get in trouble for that these days. Yeah. Oh, I was just like, oh right. no. Uh, <laughs> I actually said that to him the other day. I go, man, lucky it wasn't these days. You'd be in jail. Yeah, right. Um, but um, but uh, then my dad took us back to the airport because it was time to go back to South Africa. My dad dropped me off at the airport and um, I said goodbye to my dad. And then I turned around and ran off with Gilby and jumped in his car. So I was with him that whole time. Your and- dad's worst nightmare. Oh my, oh my God! God. I, I feel like I'm off. watching a VH VH1 behind the music moment right now. That you just don't. <laughs> totally. I didn't ever prepare for this. This is incredible. I'm so sorry <laughs> to interrupt. Please keep going. I just want to let you know this is a really good story. Yeah, it's really kind of crazy because um, uh, my mom went to the airport to pick up all three of her kids because I was with my brother who was um, 14 at the time. My sister was 11, and I was 16. And I said to them as they were walking through the thoroughway from the gate from the ticketing agent to the plane, I just looked at them and I said, you know, guys, I'm not going to go back with you. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going to stay with Gilby. And they were like, oh my God, mom is going to kill you. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't, I, I'm not going. And I took off with Gilby. And then um, I swear you could hear my mom screaming all the way from South Africa when she showed up to the airport <laughs> to get up my kids and only two were standing there. Um, So yeah, that was crazy. And then, so I enrolled in school. I convinced my parents that there was nothing that was going to stop me. I had to stay with Gilby or I would just run away from home again. So I enrolled in school and Gilby would drive me to school every day. And I um, would wait for him on the 
raspy mound for him to pull up. And I would think he was Elvis and I was Priscilla. I was like, so goo goo gaga, there was nothing stopping me. And um, so we um, were together from that time on till about uh, 91, we got married. And at that point I had to come clean when we went to go get our marriage certificate. I was like, I have something to tell you. Uh, and he was like, oh God, no, are you pregnant? What's going on? And I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm actually not 23, I'm 21. <laughs> and I've been lying to you all this time. And Gilby was a well-known musician around town at that time. He was in a bunch of different bands. He was in Kill for Thrills. Um, he had been in Candy. And so I, we never really walked through the front door of any club. We always walked through the back door, like Ricky Rockman's Cat House and stuff. We always, Bordello, we'd always walk through the back door. So I never really had to have ID. So I, it really wasn't, it was like a non-issue until we got married. And um, so then we got married and um, went on our honeymoon. And we get back from our honeymoon and we run into our apartment and I check our messages. And, you know, back in those days, we had answering machines, which I had to explain to our daughter what those were. <laughs> um, sorry, let me just take a swig of water. <laughs> and I checked our messages and there was a message on our machine from Slash. And he said, hey, dude, it's Slash. Um, we want you to come down and audition for GNR. And I stopped the machine and I said, Oh, one of your bozo friends is playing tricks <laughs> on you and is telling you that you're going to audition for GNR. And he says he's slash. And Gilby listened to it and he's like, Oh, no, that's slash. And so the next thing I know, he goes and auditions for GNR. This is two weeks after we got married. And um, he auditions for GNR. And um, he comes back and I, and I, I said to him, well, what happened? And he goes, I don't know. They just told me to come back tomorrow and audition again. They're, I guess they're auditioning a, a bunch of different people. And that just kept going on for like a couple weeks. And um, then one day I'm sitting in my living room and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching TV and um, I'm watching MTV and the globe thing that spins where MTV news comes on and it starts spinning and it says, we have breaking news from the Guns N' Roses camp. The new guitar player for Guns N' Roses replacing Izzy Stradlin is Gilby Clark. And I was just like, <laughs> <"What?"> <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how we found out. And I was like, Gilby, Gilby. And he comes running in from our, uh, from our bedroom. Cause we lived in a one bedroom apartment off of Melrose place. And um, I go, oh you're God. the new guitar player for Guns N' Roses. And the next thing you know, our phone was ringing, our doorbell was going, everything was happening all at once. And all I could think about was, holy fuck, I just watched the November Rain video and all those guys are dating supermodels. Where exactly does that leave me? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. He's going to run off with some supermodel and I'm shit out of luck. Um, so it was a really, really, that was the long, long answer to your question. Um, but that was, um, that was a, a great really answer. Scary no, time. It's, it's amazing is what it is. I love the fact that Kurt Loder told him that he was basically in Guns yeah. N' Roses. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really you said he was in the bedroom. Was he sleeping? Did you wake him up? Like, did he come out? <laughs> like, what? It, was <laughs> it was so scary for me, but luckily, 
Um, he was, you know, Gilby was a little older than me. He was almost 30 at the time, or maybe he was already 30. Um, yeah, he was 29 at the time. And, um, he said to me, you know, listen, I, cause I was, I was shit scared. I was like, oh my God, he's definitely going to run off with a supermodel. I mean, Axel's dating Stephanie Seymour and, you know, they're, I mean, not November rain. It was the don't cry video that I saw. And I was like, oh God, what's happening. And then, um, and then I knew he was dating a Victoria's secret model. And I was like, oh God, all these models. Um, but he said to me, he said, you know what? Um, he was really, Gilby was, has always had his feet firmly on the ground. I mean, I don't know how well you guys know him, but he's a very, you know, kind of stand up guy. And he said to me, you know what? The only way this is going to work is if you come out on the road with me the whole time, we have to stay together. And our marriage is the most important thing. So in order to make this work, you come out on the road. And at the time I didn't have a huge career. We didn't have kids. We didn't have a house. We didn't have any responsibilities other than a one-bedroom apartment and a cat. <laughs> so yeah. um, I that's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. Oh, no. I'm saying, what? But they do Is have a, a cat seven that's like twenty years old. How in the world? Like Where's cat? that cat? Let's get that cat. But Daniela, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that. Yes, they were dating, but he was married to you. That's the big difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was a little different, um, but but still very scary. I mean, I remember the first time I came out on the road, their first show, um, they played at Madison Square Garden, and then they, um, I came out on the road, and you know, Gilby said to me, "Hey, you see no evil. You hear no evil. You speak no evil. This is my job. This is you know, uh, you're out as my wife, and you just you know." mind your own business. And, and, you know, I, I knew what, you know, what that entailed and yeah. I came out on the road and, um, but it was, it was pretty hairy because there were, there were models everywhere. Barb and I talk about this all the time on the podcast. They were like, yeah, I felt like the modeling agencies would like call all their like hottest models and say, Hey, guess what? Guns and Roses is in town. They're staying at such and such at a hotel. Uh, go flood the lobby and go marry yourself a rock star because I would walk in and I'd see all these girls and I'd be like, <laughs> Oh no. God. My experience was a little different because Ozzy isn't really known for having models for fans. Um, <laughs> so it was more like, you know, I didn't really have to worry so much because, you know, it was a bunch of teenage boys in you know, black t-shirts that went to Ozzy shows. So I didn't really have that experience. And I also had Ozzy who said to me, basically the first night I met him, Barbara, you know, Zach doesn't fuck around. And if he did, I would tell you. And I'm like, oh, I know Ozzy. Because Ozzy, uh, there are no secrets with Ozzy. Ozzy will tell you anything. And, and Zach's always just like, oh, yeah, no, you, he would tell you. I'm like, oh, I know. Because either, he that, or, either that or Sharon would kill Zach. So. <laughs> Sharon used to, you know, it's so funny. We, our experience was a little different. We were um, uh, high school sweethearts and we were can, best can friends. Can I ask you again, real quick, before you start? How old was, how old were you and how old was Zach when you got the call from Ozzy? So um, I was 16 and Zach was um, just had turned, he was going to be 19. And Sharon Osborne called him in. I don't know if you guys watched the Rockstar movie um, that mm -hmm. Zach was yeah. in with Jennifer Aniston and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, oh whole, yes. Oh, yes. You know that, that scene where Mark Wahlberg gets the phone call from the British manager saying, yeah. you know, uh, hey, we, we want you to audition for this gig. 
that came from Zach. That's how it went down. Zach's kitchen in New Jersey. We grew up in New Jersey together, which I usually don't tell people that. I usually say I'm from California, mm-hmm. but I'm from New Jersey too. Um, and uh, we were- sure. in- yeah, he could take the girl out of Jersey, but, uh, so <laughs> I, um, we were in his kitchen and Sharon Osborne called up on the, uh, on the phone in the kitchen and said, Hey, uh, Mark Weiss, who's a photographer. You guys probably know Mark, uh, is a rock yeah. photographer. Mm-hmm. He had been with Ozzy and Ozzy had announced on Howard Stern that he was needing a new guitarist, that he was auditioning guitarists, um, because Jakey Lee wasn't going to be in the band any longer. And, um, I was listening to Howard Stern and I said to Zach, we've got to get your tape to them, or or we got to do something because if he hears you play, you're going to get the gig. And Zach was like, get the fuck out of here. And I said, no, I'm serious. I am going to find out how to get in touch with Sharon Osbourne. I was a manager back when I was 16 and I didn't even know it, but, um, and so, um, but ironically enough, Zach played at a club that he was not old enough to play in. We used to have to get, go in, you know, get do some deals to get in there because New Jersey was really strict with the age, you know, to get you in a bar. And Zach was like playing with this band since this time he was 17 years old. And Mark Weiss lived right near the club where he played and saw Zach and said, Oh man, you know, he came up to Zach and he said, uh, Ozzy, I was with Ozzy Osbourne this weekend and um, he needs a new guitarist and maybe you could come up to my house. I'll take some pictures of you, maybe make a quick, you know, a, a, a audition cassette tape and I'll get you in front of Ozzy. And I said, I knew it. I knew you'd get this gig. Like I just, I visualized it. I knew it was going to happen. I, to be honest, I really do feel like it was just predestined. Um, and so Zach does that. And then he gets a phone call um, in his kitchen in New Jersey. And it's Sharon with her, you know, British mom, you know, she sounds like mom, British proper voice. And she's like, you know, uh, Zach, um, this is Sharon. We'd like to have you come to audition um, for Aussie. Uh, Mark Weiss got you, got us your tape. And Zach hung up on her thinking it was, you know, one of his friends fucking with him, having his mom, you know, putting their mom on the phone. And because uh, Zach's always been that guy that's just like a total goofball and pranking people. And so she called back and she's like, hello, Zach, this is Sharon Osborne. And, and I said to Zach, because he heard the delay. And once he heard the delay, when, he, when she called back, he was like, oh, shit, this is an international phone call. And so long story short, uh, his father and mother, um, Zach was a late in life baby. His dad was in world war II, So his parents were like, you know, older and prim and yeah. proper and, you know, uh, and his sister, myself, Zach and I drove to, uh, uh, Long Island to go to the airport and sent Zach off. And it was just like, we had to do it as a family because it was like such a big deal. And, you know, sent him off to go write with Ozzy for two months in England. And um, when he came home, you know, I sent him off. He was like in Capizio's in a sweet, you know, sweet Zach and a little shirt, you know, T-shirt and just all, you know, adorable and young and sweet. Never drank a beer, completely innocent. He comes home. I pick him up after he had been writing with Ozzy for two months. And I'm all excited. I'm at the airport waiting for him. And I pick him up. and. He comes over to me and he's got like, just, it's so gross. He's got like carrots in his hair and all kinds of like food in his hair. And 
he's like got, you know, a bit of a five o'clock shadow, which at that time he barely could grow hair on his face before he left. And he comes home and he reeks of alcohol. And I was like, what in the world? And he's like, oh, I got sick on the plane. I was mixing, like I was drinking everything that was free booze and I was flying first class and I was just drinking. And I was like, drinking, like what is going on? And you know, the first time I met Sharon was like a couple of weeks later and they were doing a big photo shoot and a press release, at the hard rock in New York to announce Zach as the new guitarist. And, um, Sharon says, Barbara, Ann, may I have a word with you? And I said, sure. And we went in the back office and she said, does Zach have a drinking problem? And I said, <laughs> I said, no, he, he, ne- he doesn't drink because he really didn't at, before he went to audition for Ozzy. And she's like, well, he does now. And if he doesn't stop, I'm going to tell his mother, you know, that's how like young we were. And, uh, and then, you know, um, he went to new, uh, to LA to, uh, record Ozzy, the no rest for the wicked, the first record that he did with Ozzy. And I flew out on spring break from, uh, my first year in college, uh, to, um, I, I had never left New Jersey had never, you know, been anywhere except for like, you know, well, the tri-state area, but, um, never been on a plane before. And he flew me out to LA to, um, see him. And we, I made, I moved there a couple months later and, you know, we've, it's just been our life ever since. It's just, we really don't know any different. The, the, the mere fact that both of you were 16, 17 and all yeah. this, you met them and the, the life began and then just not really that shortly after you kind of are into this total like whirlwind of like big time rock. Yeah. Barbara, real quick. Were you still in high school or attending high school when all this was taking place? Oh, in yeah, yeah. Was there? How did you even relate to your schoolmates? <laughs> I'm just curious. Zach you- was like Zach was like a rock star in our school. Anyway, you know, he, <laughs> okay. you know, he was like you know. Um, a lot of people don't know that Zach is classically you know, can play classical and he writes mm-hmm. and you know he plays with strings and he had um, in our in in New Jersey in our school. He had won a contest for a classical piece that he had written and performed. (laughs) And then he um, competed uh, locally in New Jersey and then Mm. nationally. And he won a full scholarship to Berkeley School of Music back when he was uh, 18 years old. So Zach was kind of like a rock star in our small little world then. But um you know, just the, the the movie Rockstar, even though it's supposedly, you know, somewhat autobiographical about Tipper Owens, it's mm-hmm. kind of got a lot of Zach going on in there, too. You know, it's very parallel to what Zach experienced and what Jennifer Aniston's experience was kind of mine. It was like shell shock and, you know, being thrown to the wolves. And um, but, you know, Sharon, um, Zach's mom died pretty soon after he got the gig with Ozzy. So Sharon became mom and um, she's, he still calls her mom. And yeah. I mean, I love her too. You yeah. know, I, she's too beautiful to be my mom. She's the young older sister, but uh, <laughs> she, she, you know, we never really had um, the, that crazy of an experience because Sharon and Ozzy were like very protective of us and um, you know, really nurturing to us, you know, suck had a moment where he was crazed, but we were well beyond high school at that point. Yeah. Well, thank you for explaining that. Cause it's, Thanks. it's both of those stories are amazing and interesting. I I'm sure it's a, a, our audience is going to go, wow, 
just like we were i chad i don't know about you bud but some of this uh, is yeah. real news to me man so anyway but i know chad had to want to talk to you guys a lot about your own businesses so i'll let him take care of that awesome first of all i want to say to, to echo um justin like that was this is probably my favorite episode just listening to like the actual story and you're so you're so both so good at telling it you know like uh so you're clearly made for podcasting uh in in, in and you have tons of stories i'm sure and one of the things i wanted to ask well first of all i wanted to comment on uh, you made you made a, a note earlier both of you about kids and this is all you've ever known and the idea of being so young and sticking to it you know um ups and downs i'm sure there's been a lot of them uh, and i'm not here to expose any of those but what i am very excited to to ask you is like what did you find was like a <clears throat> the rock the moment that you could always like kind of chi yourself back and zen yourself back into that moment like this is where we are together and it's important for us to remember that I'm just curious. You don't have to tell us, but I think there's something. So. Sorry, my dog has the highest pitch bark. <laughs> I love what, dogs, what, so I just got super jacked when I heard it. it was what it, kind it of was breed? Exciting. What kind of breed is it? You'll never believe it. He has such a high pitch bark, but he's a huge, eighty pound um, old English bulldog. And <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> he's great. That's the way it works. Like everything else in our life, it just makes sense somehow. I don't know. Totally. Um, but um, yeah, do you want to go for that, Barb? You know, I I don't you know I'm trying to think of of, of an answer to that. I was hoping Daniela was going to go first. I um, I, uh, I don't I don't yeah that's a that's a tough one. I mean, Zach and I grew up together. Um, I knew his parents before they passed. They were my family. He knew my mom, all my siblings. I'm one of seven kids. He actually dated my sister before he dated me. Um, nice. But, uh, but <laughs> uh, well, well played. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's something to unpack. But um, no, I think that um, you know, there's been several times over the years that you know things have happened to you know with Ozzy or one of the children, or we've had issues, and it just you know we're family. So I can't imagine, and I wouldn't say um, that it's just an attachment because, you know, you could be attached to many things and Zach's more attached to his guitars than he is to me. But I would say that, um, you know, we're really always just been super passionate about each other. Um, and, and, you know, that, that has its, you know, ups and downs. It's, you know, we're kind of like, you know, we're not exactly uh, War of the Roses, but we have, you know, we've had, we have some intense um, times over our lifetime, but I don't think either one of us, and you guys are going to have Zach on, so you could ask him, but I don't think either one of us can imagine a time where we wouldn't be together. Um, and then, you know, we have um, our children together and you know, I mean, there, there have been moments that we look at each other and we're like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. Um, you know, we need to pinch ourselves, but, um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe the very first time that, um, you know, Zach played Madison square garden with Ozzy, that was like a huge, like where we looked at each other and we're like, oh my God, like, this is our life. This is crazy. You know, um, a couple, couple moments like that, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, How think are you? For, I think for us, it's it, it's always been about um, we're really good about being a partnership and and balancing each other. 
Um, so like, you know, when Gilby was out with GNR, because I didn't have all these responsibilities yet, and because I was young, I was able to go and be supportive and be on the side of the stage cheering him on. And, um, and then when he would get home, I was really good at slapping him back into reality and telling him to go take out the trash. (laughs) 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 You know, there were no, he wasn't going to be a rock star when he came home. Um, so it was always, you know, go take out the trash, you know, help me do this, help me do that, you know, and we're, we're good at balancing each other. And then when my career started, when, you know, when we, after we had our daughter Frankie and he came home from GNR and, um, and, um, and was no longer in GNR and then my career took off and I was doing my thing. Um, I really relied on him to, to help me and be there for me and, and guide me. So I think we've always been really good at, at being each other's partners and being on the same page and knowing and, and having the same goals in life. You know, like we, we've always been on the same page. We, we knew that we wanted to be a family and we knew that our family came first, no matter what. And I always knew that if I ever said to him, which I would never, ever, ever, ever do, but if I ever said to him, listen, I can't handle this lifestyle, he would give it up for me. I knew that, but I would never do that. And, um, and he would never do that to me either, but, but we knew where we stood with each other always. And so we always, I think we were each other's rock and we still are. Yeah, that's really encouraging. It, it sounds like a, it, it, a picture like a lighthouse, um, if that makes any sense. When you're out there in those like foggy, I, I'm from Mich- I'm here in Detroit, but I've lived between here and, and Los Angeles uh, for quite some time now, and um, so there's lots of lakes around me. And the first thing I think about is how that guides um, ships in the night, you know. And I've spent 12 years of my life as a touring musician. Um, my my previous band hung up the old saddle and in 2019 I, I don't know what will happen next but I've had relationships come and go some of them fleeting uh the majority of them as long as they could hang you know and I, by no means do I mean that in like uh you know I know it's not the 80s or the 90s I'm not out there doing yeah. that sort of stuff you know but the idea it's of like you know there's insecurities yeah. what's that it's not for everybody yeah and yeah insecurities on both on both sides it can be really heavy and i, I you know knowing where that you came i think it comes down to humility right you know when you're that young um you know uh excuse my french when i say this but like i call it like if you've seen me shit my pants and you probably uh, you're and you're still here you know you're, you're good to go vice versa you know like there's no version of like <laughs> being in that moment with another human being and you're still like let's do it. You know, uh, that doesn't say like you're ready for anything. So I, I yeah. was just curious if there's like a, 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 a himsa that you guys do when it's getting a little too crazy or whatnot, but yeah. yeah. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, because you do both have such interesting outside of just being in a lifestyle that maybe you weren't necessarily choosing, even though you chose mm-hmm. your partner, you've created, um, really great, uh, paths for yourself not only just like because of this situation that's happening around you but in and out outside of it and one of the things i was going to start with you daniela uh because i was a general manager at a, a high-end denim store oh, for, yeah. um, yes yes and, and she's and, a legend 
Yeah. So I did to hear in, in, you know, fuck me sideways because I had no idea until like today when I was like going through all of the, the points. Cause I was listening to the podcast this week and I'm like, okay, of course I know who their husbands are. I'm, I'm a musician. What's going now? Like, oh my God. Every day I would show up to, and it was a, for the most part, 70% female uh, denim store. I was like the guy coming. Uh, it's called Caruso Caruso in, in Birmingham, Michigan. Okay. Are you familiar? <laughs> oh my God. The old, the, the owner, Frank, he would have lost his shit if I said, Hey, she knows you, bro. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's been I a long time. Did, but my memory is sorted. So <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those, one of those shops that like is, is like legendary for the de- like a, a ridiculous amount of denim. Long, okay. long story short, I was reading it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I used to sell these jeans. Like, every day um girls would come in and i was the guy you know like i was like i did the guy stuff there but also i had i had, I had to know all the fits and when i read that I, I and i read how it started i had no idea because i you know i've been to magic i've been to all those uh trade shows and, and with the buyers and whatnot um right. so can i ask you because like the the, the quick whip version of how it jumped off uh, you, you'll find like uh, what I read was like Jennifer Lopez and these people like on billboards, which seems like on the surface. OK, but there had to have been something else going on. And I'm trying to get to that part of it, if that makes any sense. So yeah. could you tell us how it started? Really? Uh, yeah. So um, I, I started the, the, the line. Of, I mean, to go back a little bit, I always kind of made my own jeans. Um, I wanted I saw an old. Um, old footage of um, Woodstock and I saw Robert Plant and he was wearing, you know, really sexy, low rise, skin tight, left nothing to the imagination <laughs> jeans. I mean, you saw everything. And I was like, oh my God, that's so hot. I want to wear my jeans that tight. I want to wear them that low. So I started kind of doing my own jeans that way. And I'd wear them around town. And then Gilby was like, well, I want jeans like that. So I made them for him. And then a couple of his friends were like, well, I want some. And so I made them for them. And um, it just kind of, you know, I was making them for friends here and there. And then um, one day I was at the mall. I was just walking around the mall. Frankie was a baby. And this actress, Laura Flynn Boyle, um, came up to me and she said, excuse me, but where did you get your jeans? And I said, "Um, ah, gee, I'm sorry. I make them for myself. And she goes, don't be sorry. Here's my number. I'll pay you. Make me a pair. And it was like someone switched a light bulb in my head. I went home and I said to Gilby, you know, I think I'm going to start my own denim line. I think there's going to be girls out there that want to wear them too. And he was like, yeah, you know, do you, whatever you got to do. And so I, um, I'm self-taught. I really didn't know anything about the business. And it's kind of, it's kind of the same theory for, for like our marriage. Like when he got in GNR, I didn't know anything about the rock business either. And I didn't know about like everything that I was going to experience. So like sometimes being young and being dumb is like bliss. Um, so I didn't know anything about the business. I, I, I pretty much just went downtown, picked up a, 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 the apparel news, started looking for what I needed. I started making a list. I need a pattern maker. I need a button company. I need a denim company. I, I need things. So um, I put together a small collection and I put a hit list together of all the stores I wanted to be in. I approached all the stores, uh, wore my jeans, walked in, said, hey, I think these jeans would be great in your store. And um, and so I picked up a couple of accounts 
I was in a few stores and then the next thing I knew, and it just kind of happened organically nowadays, everybody pays celebrities and influencers and uh, people to wear their, their stuff. Um, but in those days, it just happened organically. I was uh, standing in the supermarket and I saw the cover of a magazine. Meg Ryan was on the cover and I looked at it and I was like, holy shit. Someone's already knocked off my jeans. There's Meg Ryan and she's wearing what looks exactly like my jeans. I want to see who shot this. She looks amazing, but I'm pissed because that looks just like my jeans. So I opened the magazine to see who shot it. It was Herb Ritz. And I looked it up and then it said jeans by Frankie B. And I was like, holy (laughs) hell, those are my jeans. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. How did they get my jeans? And uh, the next thing I know, Jennifer Lopez, and that's a true story, wore um, my jumpsuit on um, the cover of her uh, album, plastered it all over um, Times Square, and the label was placed on the top of the jumpsuit, and it said Frankie B, and it just exploded. And I was um, a one-woman show at that time. I started the, the company by myself with my own money. Um, I didn't take any money from BLB, even though we were married and it was our money. Um, but at the time I was um, doing commercials and, you know, little odds and ends jobs. And I had a, um, a residual check and I took the money and bought fabric and bought all this stuff and just started the line. And, um, and then, you know, I was walking into stores on my own and selling everything myself, uh, making everything myself. I mean, I walked into the store called um, Fred Siegel, which was on, um, is on Melrose. And it's a big store. A lot of people know it in LA because it is like a trend setting store. And I walked in on my own and basically just said, I think these jeans would be great in your store. And they were like, okay, well, um, we'll take, you know, 30 pairs. They're really low though. We don't know about these jeans. They're kind of illegally low. But we'll try them. Gilby just walked up somewhere in here. <laughs> um, but uh, um, we'll just, um, we'll give them a shot. And that was on a Friday. Uh, the dog just bit Gilby. So my girlfriend calls our house the clown house, the Clark clown house. Um, something going on, but they bought 30 pairs of jeans on a Friday. And then Monday, the buyer of the store called me up and he goes, you fucking weirdo. Those low rise jeans (laughs) sold out. He goes, get me another 50 pairs. And before I knew it, you know, then JLo wore the jumpsuit and all this started out in the first year I did like $50,000 in sales. And I was like, I was jacked. I was like, Whoa, this is cool. Look at me. I'm rolling here. And um, that was the first year. And then the second year I did one and a half million dollars in sales and I was still a one woman show. And then by um, the third year I was at six and a half million dollars in sales. And then it went to 15 million and then it just, it just took off and it was just like an, a wild beast that I could barely hold on to. There's Gilby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I ask you real quick when you were the one, when you're just, you know, your one and a half million sales, you're doing it on your own. Are, are you, is carpal tunnel kicking in at any point during all this? 
right? Well, it was so crazy. I was doing so much. And at, at that point, I started like after one and a half million, I was like, okay, I need to like hire some people to help me. I can't do all of this. I mean, I was driving all over town, delivering the jeans myself. I was the fit model for the jeans, the designer, the production manager, uh, the wow. sales person, um, customer service person, I, everything. And I remember like some of my stores would call me up and they'd be like, I need, we need more. We need more. They became like a drug to these stores because they were selling out so fast. I couldn't keep up with the demand. And I remember one of my stores, um, the buyer called me up and he goes, I've got to have more of these jeans. I need them right now. And I said, well, I got to make more. It's going to take me a few more weeks to make more. And he goes, listen, honey, get your head out of your ass and get me more jeans. Wow. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> But uh, so I ended up hiring. <laughs> Here, drive down there and beat that dude's ass. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I was I hired an infrastructure. I started hiring people to help me: a sales manager, a showroom, you know, all these people to help me because at that point, I just I couldn't do it anymore. It was a lot, um, yeah. but it was a really wild ride, and it was fun, and and there was like you know. It was a really interesting time too because a lot of people were calling me and asking me for jeans and and it was really interesting because you know like all all the guys that were wearing the jeans like I had all the musicians were in the jeans and you know I, it was just it was just so fun it was a it was a great yeah. time yeah. What I love about the story is you based them off of Robert Plant's jeans which we all know Robert was very notorious for wearing the clothes of the women he just slept with the night before on stage and <laughs> Quite honestly, you did really design it after a woman's gene, but uh, right. yeah, great story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that must have led you to the some of the design stuff you did for like Lion and the Rock of Love and all of that, right? I would assume, or was that before? Was that at the same time? Um, well, I got caught. It's funny. It was such six degrees of separation because, um, you, you know, it was weird as Barb and I didn't even know each other at that time yeah. at all. I, I mean, well, okay. Uh, we were both at the Rockstar premiere with Gil. I was with Gilby. She was with Zach. And I actually ended up making some of the uh, leather pants for some of the musicians for Rockstar. We didn't even know each other. Mm -hmm. And then I get a call to um, come and do. I started Frankie B. Jeans in 1999. And then um, I think it was uh, 2010, maybe when Rockstar, um, when, it, when I was doing. Um, sorry, Rock of Love, they had called me and said, listen, we want to cast you for uh, this TV show called Rock of Love Charm School. And it was a spinoff of the Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. And um, it's going to be starring um, Sharon Osbourne. And we'd like for you to be her, uh, her dean. She's the headmistress and you're going to be her dean on the show. And I was like, what? I don't even, I don't even, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to do the stuff. I make clothes, clothing designer. And they're like, no, that's exactly what we want. We want, you know, someone who's married to a musician who has their own business and who's made their own way. And uh, sorry, kid. Um, and uh, then um, I didn't even know Barb at the time. And it was funny because I was sitting on set um, and I still, I was doing Frankie B. So I was burning the candle at both ends. I was doing Frankie B all day. And I had told the uh, producers of uh, um, Char of um, Rock of Love that I could only come in in the evening because I worked during the day. So they worked it out with my schedule. So I would work all day doing my line and then straight shoot straight over to the set to do Rock of Love. And, um, and I remember sitting next to Sharon 
a few times and she'd be on the phone with Barb discussing Zach. <laughs> Zach was probably in some kind of trouble. He was definitely in trouble. I think Sharon was but, um, <laughs> but, um, but it was so funny because Barb and I didn't even know each other. Yeah. We met much, world, much later than that. So. It, yeah, so like, what was that? You said 99, 99, 2000? Uh, guys, that was like 2010. Hey guys, oh, wow. dog over here. So you guys oh, have been, you guys dog. have been friends for 10 years. Danielle? Uh, no, yeah. um, we, we knew oh. of each other. It was, it's funny because, you know, Zach hung out in all the same circles as Gilby and mm-hmm. Daniela and I had so many mutual friends, but we had never met each other. And we had one girlfriend in common who actually did a lot of the leather for Zach for his Black Label Society vests. Um, this girl, Allison Burns, and she'd say to me, do you know Daniela? You have to get together with Daniela. Um, you guys would hit it off, you know, famously. And Zach really didn't know Gilby. Like they had, they, at the same time, they had seen each other during like, you know, gigs or or over the years on festivals or whatever, but they didn't really know each other. They were just like acquaintances. And so our friend uh, Allison said, I was doing a shoe line at the time. And my girlfriend, Alice, our girlfriend, Allison said, you guys, you know, Daniela would love those shoes. They're very seventies influenced platforms. And uh, she said, yeah, it all starts with the shoes. And so she said, uh, you should, you should give them to Daniela. She'd love them. And, um, I met Daniela for lunch and I gave her the shoes and we just like hit it off from the minute we met each other. And ironically enough, Zach was doing Sturgis with his band the exact same day. And Gilby goes to Sturgis every year. He's like a, you know, he's like the rock God icon of Sturgis. And uh, he was at Sturgis and was hanging out with Zach and Zach had called me that night and he goes, yeah, I met, you know, I hung out with Gilby Clark a little bit today. What a nice dude. He's such a cool dude. And I'm like, you're, you're joking. And, and I said, I had <laughs> lunch with his wife today. And what? I said, and I love her. It, ironically enough, it's God's truth. That's, truth. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I've been hearing yeah. about Barb for years and same never never uh connected and then once we did we just became inseparable but <laughs> and i think Jeez. you know probably you know maybe 10 of the 15 million dollars in sales she did were on me because i could <laughs> not get enough frankie b jeans i i was on i had a direct n- line to fred siegel where they'd be like okay we just got this new size uh this new style in and we pulled your size and come get and zach's like wow you have a lot of jeans in your closet i'm like i i couldn't get enough of them because i'm little and they were so low waisted. It actually gave me a torso. They're like the, the best jeans for, I mean, lots of guys got, which you could attest to if you sold them. A lot of guys yeah. got laid because of those jeans. Yeah. yeah. God bless yeah. you. <laughs> it was always, it was, was helping. Uh, she was doing a little bit of public service back then. It, yeah. She, it, uh, the census can thank her. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to like uh, take that moment because like you guys meet each other, right? And in Barbara Ann, like when you came to Los Angeles at the start of what was um, Zach coming to Ozzy's career, I mean, because currently right now you're like pretty much the HIB, right? You know, like you're taking care of uh, of of the man- managerial stuff. I would assume probably in 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 partnership with like Blasco. Right? Yes. Is he still part of the team? Yeah. Okay, I love Blasco. Yeah. 
Uh, so, but like you went to, yeah, you went to college for yeah. music management in uh -huh. the industry. And like, I've, um, I've got so many questions about that course in general. And I would assume at that point in time, much different than today's version of what music management Definitely. would be like, I'm a music manager, you know what I'm saying? Like, I right. But back then you had to like go, you had to show up.com. You had to go to the, to, <laughs> to, to the university and then present the piece of paper that says, no motherfucker, I can handle you. You know, that sort of shit. Pretty much. Uh, I, I wanted to get, I wanted to ask you like, what was the driving factor other than the fact that you're thrown into this business, right? Coming from New Jersey into here, you're like, right. I, was it because you're like, well, I better figure out my P's and Q's or was it because you genuinely had like at that moment, like, uh, well, let's think about this business for the long run. Sharon Osborne recognized in me um, right when we met that I was pretty smart and she, you know, when I told her that I was going to be moving to California and I loved it there, um, she said, I said, but, you know, I'm going to have to get a job. And I worked at Headhunters uh, for pharmaceutical companies back in New Jersey um, in Princeton. And, you know, always like I'm cerebral to Zach's creative side, you know, and um, I said to her, I need to get a job. and. I had been working part-time for Mark Weiss after he got the gig for Ozzy. Um, and I was kind of like organizing and managing his photography business because he's another really creative person who isn't really have an aptitude for business or didn't at that time. And I, I looked around and I thought to myself, like, there's all of these creative souls and spirits, but they're not really book smart and they're not, they don't really know numbers. and. To this day, I mean, Zach will ask me, what's our zip code again? You know, what's our, <laughs> what's our area code or, you know, what, like, it's just, it's just not the way their brains work. And I realized like they need someone to help them. And this comes really easy to me. So Sharon, um, when I told her I was moving to California, she gave me a list of management companies and manager friends of hers and record company executives that she thought would be a good fit. And I just blind, like Daniela, I just blind sent them my resume, which at that time had, you know, a couple college classes and high school. And, and, and actually I, to get, to get out of class and to go date Zach, I kept the books for my uh, business management teachers bar. He had a bar. I kept his books and I did it for nothing. I was 17 years old. And he gave me free passes to go out and be with Zach and to cut school. So um, I've always kind of, you know, it's, it's what I, it comes easy to me. And mm. uh, so when I came to California, I sent out a bunch of resumes. I got a, a um, funny story really quick, but I got a um, response from a, a, a guy named Mike Parkinson, who was the chief financial officer at the time of A&M Records. And he invited me in and I don't know how he was in the music industry. It's, bless this man. I love him dearly. He was the <laughs> chief financial officer, but he was also the head of the Christian Ministries Council of California. And so when he auditioned me and I was a little girl, I think I may have just turned 18. Um, he, he interviewed me and he said, um, oh, I, he said, why do you want to work in the music industry? And I said, well you know, same thing. Like, I feel like I could probably 
you, I could be utilized in Do this. Do it better. Room, right. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. he said to me, and I said, my boyfriend plays with Ozzy Osbourne and he's like, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, oh, well, you know, how do you feel about Ozzy's lyrics? And how do you feel about, you know, um, his, the devil and Satan and all of this. And I was just like, Oh, come on. This guy, Ozzy is like the most, you know, he's always blessing himself. He wears more crosses than anyone I know. He is the sweetest human being. It's just a persona. And I got the gig. So I worked at AM records for a couple of years. And then I went over to the, um, I went over and worked at William Morris agency on the agent side. And that's a bunch of funny stories too. i worked with a bunch of the rap artists because none of the, the little young white Jewish boys that I worked with were, they were all terrified. So uh, Cara Lewis, who was the agent no for care. all of them on the East coast said to me, yeah. you know, would you, would you cover these bands? And I was like, yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm all about it. And they love little blonde girl that, you know, hung out with all the rappers and, uh, you know, had a, you know, hung out with uh, Naughty by Nature and Public Enemy and, you know, a uh, lot of really, really good times. And then I went over and worked for Rod Stewart over at Stiefel Phillips Management for a little bit. And then Zach and I started having babies and we, you know, I quit working and then I started working for him. So, yeah. Yeah. And to, I mean, to like, not just you know, for Zach, but you guys have started companies that you were like heading up this, in, in, this entire corporation that, uh, from like, I, I'm not even sure what some of, I read up. I, I know the merchandising thing is like a massive part of the business, yeah. obviously, you know, like, uh, uh, and that alone on top of his day-to-day -day versions of like, what is, what's next and how do we put these pieces together? But what, can I ask you a question? Cause I, I tried sure. to find it before, uh, I got in here. It's like, oh, I don't want to, I want to fuck with this up. But what's Black and Skull in the Band of Beers? Okay, so all right, so Band of Beers was Zach's sense, of, uh, his total sense of humor at the time. So they okay. told you know the the lawyers were like, you need to come up with a name for your corporation, and Zach was like, oh, Band of Beers, because back Got then it. you know, let's face it, that you didn't see yeah. Zach without a beer in his hand, um, and that that was that. But Black and Skull was kind of the higher end leather, um, the shoe line that I had. Um, it was kind of our higher end um, premium products that we were that we were doing that weren't really, you know, your typical band T-shirt and and uh, hoodie, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, there were a lot of years that when Zach was um, merchant, you know, he was the third largest merchandise band in the industry behind Michael Jackson and the Beatles. I mean, Zach, yeah. Zach just has an I mean, that he I have to say, as far as the creative aspect of it most of those ideas are his i just kind of put it all together and make it happen yeah um i mean yeah. that's that's incredible the both of you have had such large and in charge stories and uh like i, I was just saying uh, earlier this has been my favorite episode i think we've done and uh justin's i can attest He's was super jacked to talk to you guys and yeah. just knowing yeah. the inside scoop too, as you're navigating these waters that are like clearly uncharted territory, not just for like yourselves, but for people in general in that, in that, um, you know, in those seats on that horse, you know, if you will. So like maybe can, the can light I, horse lighthouse thing maybe does make more sense now. I don't know. <laughs> one of the things I wanted to ask is we, something we kind of exchange emails about is one of the questions I want to know is I want to talk about rock and roll fashion for a moment. 
And obviously here in the Frankie B thing, the aesthetic seems to be the seventies kind of throwback to that look when fashion and rock and roll would met head on. And they, you know, these bands who had no money uh, made themselves look like gypsies because that's what their girlfriends had around or hell, they may even borrow some of their mother's blouses. Who knows? But I was curious. Zach used to wear his mother's jackets all the time. I don't think. Yeah. I got one. I'm gonna look at him now and go, yeah. Uh, for real, he did. <laughs> no, but so I wanted to ask you is what is your take on I mean, there are some bands, Greta Von Fleet and bands like that, they've kind of hoped, kind of gone back to that look, which I love. I mean, people think, well, it's rebranded Zeppelin. I'm like, well, rebranded Zeppelin's better than no Zeppelin to me. <laughs> um, so I was curious on so what is your take on rock and roll and fashion these days? Well, you, you know, know that's a, yeah, that's your question. <laughs> you know, I think that uh Music will always influence fashion. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, that's just, that's just a given. Music will forever influence fashion. Um, and especially for me, um, you know, just that's what inspires me. And I think um, it, it inspires a lot of people. So <clears throat> right now it's kind of, it's weird because right now it's the whole Billie Eilish look, you know, everything is oversized, yeah. um, you know, uh, it's a whole different ball game than what it was when I first started doing Frankie B. Um, but I mean, God, I was known for, for crack, <laughs> for hey. but, yeah. um, you know, and at that time it was like, you know, Britney Spears and JLo and everybody, you know, was, was wearing the jeans. But, um, but for me personally, it, I, music has always influenced me and, um, and it still does to this day. Um, I, I, I really like, like in terms of like, you know, inspiration now is I really look at my daughter, my daughter's my muse now. Um, and she's in a band, she's the lead singer punk rock band called Frankie and the Studs. And, um, she just, I, the one thing about musicians and why it inspires designers all the time is because being a musician really, um, represents freedom and being who you are and, and, and having such a, a strong sense of self and the real artists out there, not the manufactured ones, but the real artists really have a sense of self and, 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 and it shows in the way they dress and the way they put themselves together and in everything that they do. And that really speaks to me. And, um, and, and, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I actually, I, I really love Billie Eilish because she's doing something that no one else was doing. And she is just who she is. She just, she wears big sweatshirts. <laughs> so, so what? But it's so cool. And um, so I, I, I love it when people are just authentic. And I think that authenticity is what really inspires me. Um, and I love that about my daughter too. It's yeah. really funny I- too, because when Zach first started with Ozzy, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but he always wore oh, yeah. the bottoms and the, the really high-waisted uh, leather pants and stuff. His Zach was the a different aesthetic. It was more high-waisted little bolero jackets and uh, kind of like Prince on a six foot tall Viking. But, um, uh, but he, um, it was really funny because Zach said to Sharon, you know, um, she said, well, we got to, we have to get you clothes. You can't be walking around in capizios and uh, you know, your mother's jackets. So we have to have clothes made for you. And these two little, uh, she sent him to these two um, amazing designers who did all of Elvis's clothes. And so I don't know if you remember, but in the beginning, Zach wore all the like 
the matching uh, high-waisted leather um, and patchwork bell bottoms. And they were actually Elvis's patterns that these gentlemen pulled out and actually did all the beading and everything were Elvis's patterns. So Zach's always been kind of, you know, like we couldn't get him in them now, but he always was all about, you know, he had all his own jeans made at the time because no one made them. Um, it, and it was very much a seventies aesthetic for Zach, um, you know, Zeppelin and, and uh, stones and, you know, all those bands that he loved, Black Sabbath, uh, you know, Ozzy, you know. What I remember of Zach when I first saw him was I just always remember shirtless, the the fitted bell bottoms and that Les Paul. That's yeah. all and the hair. And I was like, that's always his vision. So and both of your husbands have a, a certain look that's their own. I mean, Gilby, it's it's fitted jackets and scarves. Yeah. And Zach is obviously what Zach's look now is, which is cuts and and you know, and the gear and and the black label yeah. stuff. He's a, a walking bill. And the kilts. Oh. And the, the kilts and the kilts are new. They're kind of a somewhat new in the last the five years thing, skirt. right? Yeah. yeah, those are great. So they, but they totally work. I actually love them on him. They, you know, everyone always says to me, does it bother you? I'm like, you know, and, and many people have made the mistake of asking him what is under the kilt. And then they have to, you know, get that answer. <laughs> you ask Zach that question, you're getting the answer. Um, you're seeing the answer. Oh gosh. So I don't know if you guys are aware, probably goop that whole Gwyneth Paltrow world. Oh, the, the vagina um, candle. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh, so um, early on. Is that a real thing, our, by the way? Is that really yeah, smell like? I don't know what it's. Daniela, have you ever smelled that? I haven't smelled that candle, but apparently she thinks that's what her vagina smells like. So good for her. Um, but uh, more power to her. But okay. our producer who first, uh, who, who's been helping us with our podcast, she said, you know, you guys need to come up with your own candle and we should call it uh, Under Zach's Kilt. <laughs> so uh, it's very funny because, you know, of course, Zach loved every moment of that. What would that smell like? What would that smell like? Can I just Barbell? give you an idea? <laughs> So, <laughs> barbells and, and coffee. Actually, <laughs> Zach, oh, Zach okay. smells, honestly, Ozzy and it's Zach amazing. are probably the best smelling yeah. rock stars you will ever meet in your life. Zach, Margella, right? Is oh my God. We have people, we have people run after him in, in hallways and hotels and stuff saying, what is it that you're wearing? Or when he does meet and greets, I'll get tens and tons of direct messages or emails or whatever saying, Please tell me what Zach wears for cologne. He smells amazing. So I would think it probably smells like Maison Margiela, but yeah. you know. That's awesome. <laughs> I just thought about the goop thing and the yes. the uh the the um kilt thing and how you could marry those two things, especially <laughs> with the juxtaposition of it being really great smelling. What if you were to use the exact font of goop, but just call right. it gooch? You know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Speaking of meet and greets, uh, Zach still holds the record for the longest meet and greet oh. ever for Shiprock. So, because he, he certainly yeah. does take at least three minutes with every single person. And when yeah, it's 700, sure. 800 people, it, it, it makes for quite the afternoon, but he's a gas doing it. And we'll always love him for that. So, you thank know, you. It's so funny. He just, he still has a bit of that being a kid and a fan, you know, he sure. still sometimes has to pinch himself when he looks over and sees Ozzy at the microphone and he just cannot imagine not signing stuff for people that are in that line, like that they, 
you know, and it, it takes a lot of guts to come up to someone and ask for their autograph too, because it's, it's, you know, it's intimidating. And sure. um, Zach just feels like, you know, I mean, it was really funny because through COVID, when they were talking about us going back and forth, you know, like, oh, we're going to be able to do some shows socially distanced and we're going to be able to do so. And they were like, yeah, you know, we'll bring back the, you know, meet and greet. And I'm like, there is no way you were going to get Zach to do a meet and greet that he's not putting his arm around somebody, taking a photo with them, giving them a hug or a kiss or a, you know, he's just, that's just who he is. And I have to say, I do love that about him, but I have shortened the line in my day because sometimes I'm just like, okay, Zach, that's enough. Like, and then I'll have these, these eBayers come with like stacks of shit that they want him to sign. And I'm yeah. like, listen, uh-uh, you with the blue marker. He's not in blue label societies and black label societies, not signing your shit. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Excuse my French, awesome. but I'm no. I, all five foot two of me will have to cut that line. But yeah, he's, he's, he's got such a big heart. So fun. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, what we like to do when we end the show, and you guys have been with us for over an hour, and we can't thank you enough. This has been seriously my favorite show to date, and oh, you guys you. are so fun. But And we'll talk about your show once again after we finish this. We do think I'll walk the plank. Walk the plank. And basically ask you three questions. Chad has a question. I have a question. Then we get one that we sent in from a fan. And both of we love an answer for each question from both of you. And they're Nothing to do with music. They could be anything. And we're just looking for what comes off the top of your head. So, Chad, you want to begin? Sure. Uh, same question, both of you. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll direct this one this to start with to Daniela and then um, Barana. Uh, so, what would you love to stumble upon at a yard sale? Um. Probably a good leather jacket. Mm-hmm. I love that. How's it smell? How do you imagine? Can you imagine the, the leather smell? <laughs> yeah, pretty musty, but I like a good morning leather jacket. <laughs> love it. <laughs> By red? It has some concert, old concert stickers on the inside. Some backstage yeah. props. Yeah, just slap it in the inside. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to find like the lost Van Gogh or something and know what the person didn't even know that they had it or a Banksy or something like that. They thought was just a business mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking of how we could sell something and go on a trip and, you know, you and I just take off for a while, but yeah, no, I would, I would, that would, I would love to define that. I was going to say that'd be, you could flip that right, right away. Uh, My question to you is this guys, this is uh, Danielle, we'll start you. Do you possess any of the qualities of your astrological sign? Oh my goodness. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Can I ask what you are to begin with? Aquarius. Okay, also uh, as well. So what 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 are those what are the of the Aquarius what do you possess? Um I think I'm pretty eccentric. Um I I'm a pretty crazy dresser. So I'll go to the grocery store in platform heels and and, and leather pants no problem. Well, you are a designer, so in a lot of ways, that just totally makes sense. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, you're very centric, and you're kind of like your own independent spirit. Yeah, definitely. Gotcha. And she's a pioneer. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Yes. Those low-waisted jeans. Yeah. Um, Barbara Ann, what, uh, what, can I ask what you are? Your- oh, this is a loaded question. You oh, this is know. a very loaded this question. Is a, this is I so, I am so true to my, uh, you just listened to our 45th episode. I'm Scorpio. Oh, you are Scorpio. Okay. (laughs) Well, can I? I'm not really familiar with that sign. So, can you tell me what of those qualities you possess? Uh, Well, Scorpio is the sex sign. 
So, um, you know, I am all about or it. Jot and, that down and, for my <laughs> for my bumble. Looking for really good and bad. <laughs> they're they yeah. Scorpio is supposed to be you know they're supposed to be secretive, which I am not. Um, and, um, you know, jealous, which I am not, but as far as the, the passionate and the, um, you know, sexually obsessed, it was really funny because we did that episode, mm -hmm. uh, 45 with, uh, Tracy Cox, who is a sex expert and wrote 17 books on sex. And that was a I fun episode. Myself, it was great. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. And she said, I said, oh my God, this woman has to be a Scorpio. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, her libido, her books. And I laughed because her birthday's November 1st and she's a Scorpio. So yeah, uh, <sighs> that would be what I'm true to my sign. Which is amazing about her because the English are supposed to be known for being somewhat sexually repressed. So <laughs> she, she went against the grain. <laughs> there we go. Not. Well, thank you. No. Yeah. Um, Chad, you want to answer the, you want to ask the fan? Uh, yeah. Question, yeah. Please? I mean, uh, this is a fun one because we are a ship rocked, ship oriented podcast. Um, so we'll do, I'll do the same order before they, they wanted to know, the fan wanted to know if you owned a boat, what would you name it? <laughs> huh? Uh, what would I name a boat? Frankie, what would we name a boat? Uh, <laughs> what? Huh. I don't know. I'm kind of stuck. stuck. Is a good what name. would I name a boat? Um, under my kilt? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, top of the head always is the fork. So what do you got? You got someone else? 34 double D. I don't know. <laughs> That's yes. a good one, Daniela. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Speaking of lighthouses. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Barbara? Mine wouldn't, isn't, isn't anywhere near as exciting as Daniela's. I, if we had a boat or if I had a boat, I would name it Jerome's because Zach's dad's name was Jerome and he, uh, he loved boats and Zach bought him a boat when he first got his first big check from Ozzy. So it would be Jerome's or Jerome. That's awesome. That's perfect. Because I know Zach does talk very affectionately, openly and affectionately about his father. So yeah. it's always, that's great. That's great. Well, listen, ladies, I can't thank you enough. Chad and I <laughs> and the whole Ask for crew were stoked and you guys have been so fun and entertaining and informative. So thank you. So much. We cannot wait to be back on. We the we want to definitely. We're and well, listen. We want to definitely do a second round of this, maybe in the summertime with you guys, if you guys are up for that. Um, yeah. So everyone out there, please check out Honest AF. You can find them wherever you get your streaming at. You can go to Spotify. Where else can we find you guys at? We're Honest AF Show on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and HonestAFShow.com is our website. Fantastic. And they yeah. can, they can go and check you guys out there. Uh, you, you done your 46 episodes so far. Yeah, I think, to, well, tomorrow is going to be 47 or 48. We have 46 tomorrow with uh, Nikki Six's wife. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Tuning in. Definitely. That's yeah. gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, great. Anyway, guys, check them out and make sure when you do find them, subscribe to their stuff so you can never miss a moment of them. And speaking of subscribe, please subscribe to Making Waves. You can find us also 
wherever you get your podcasts. And so thank you for checking us out. Uh, look, real quick before we leave, we want to thank um, our show producer, Al McManus, our show engineer, Jennifer Zito, our show coordinator, Heather Smith, and obviously the captain, Alan Koenig, Daniela Clark, Barbara Ann Wild. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for yeah. having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I cannot wait to call Frank Caruso after this and be like, guess who I just talked to? Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Tell him I remember the store. Yeah, I will be like, and remember, yeah, guys, she totally knows you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, one other thing, guys, uh, both Honest AF and Making Ways are part of the Sound Talent Media Group. So thank them as well. Uh, we'll do this again. Thank yes, you. Sure. Thanks, thank guys. You Bye guys. Bye guys. Take care. Good to Thank see. you. Good to meet you. Yes, oh, absolutely. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Jeff. I'll see you guys Thanks soon. This is Krista Makes guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths, and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.